peacefully so we can smash your drug mill and all your worldly possessions. Officer, please. We can explain. Not so fast, pig. We're making a stand. A freaky stand. You can smash this drug barn all you want, but first you'll have to smash our heads open like ripe melons. This man does not represent us. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review Season 10, Episode 6. It is Doe in the Wind. I am Dando. I am Mitch. How are you today, Dando? I'm I'm well. You're unwell, but I was saying to you off the air, it hurts for me to speak today, so I apologise if I sound a bit funny because I can't move my tongue properly because I have a mouth or a tongue full of ulcers. It's, a um, tongue it's full of ulcers? Yeah, a tongue full, not a mouthful. So there's no ulcers on my gums. There's... We had so we're in we're in uh, Westfield, so the shopping complex in Geelong here mm-hmm. at like four thirty on a weekday, or maybe it was like four thirty on Sunday. No, no, it was a weekday. It was Monday, yeah, yeah. And uh, and you know when the Chinese place goes, all right, we need to get rid of this stuff because we can't sell it tomorrow, so they discount it off really cheap. Which one? Uh, the oh, actually, there's only one Chinese, and there's like one Chinese, one Japanese. So the one this oh, this was high sushi. Oh, high sushi. Oh, yeah. so downstairs. Yeah, okay. Upstairs. Uh, up, upstairs. Is upstairs. it upstairs? I thought high sushi was downstairs. Well, the one next to KFC in Westfield, Georgia. Okay. Maybe they're, yeah. maybe they're both high sushi. I'm not sure. Actually, come that, to that... think of it, there's a lot of Asian food in Westfield. Yeah, there is. There's two sushi places downstairs. There's two Asian places in the food court upstairs. Yeah, because there's one just in the middle there, isn't there? Uh, there? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Like, there's one, there's one right next to Subway. There's one next to KFC. And then there's two down the bottom. Anyway. Yeah, little insight. Uh, so, so, little so, insight. So we're going through. <laughs> to so we're going through. <laughs> and uh, and Nicola and I, you know, can't pass off a bargain. So we get this discount uh, food. I, I think it was, what was it? Uh, honey chicken, it was. Honey chicken. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't with rice. It was just $2 for a container of just chicken. Oh, like honey chicken. That's amazing. Yeah, two bucks. I was like, well, I, I'm not hungry, but I'm not passing this opportunity up. So I get it. And honestly, it wasn't that great. It was mostly batter. But for some reason, my tongue has had this reaction to it where about an hour later, I started getting these pains in my tongue. I was like, what, what is happening? Am I, am I allergic to this? But no, I don't know if I'm allergic to it, but I now have, I've counted them, seven ulcers on my tongue, four of which are underneath my tongue. So it's the most, it's just so painful. But like, I had this weird, uh, like a, like the, the teething gel that Ali puts on. I've been putting it in, in my mouth on my oh, tongue. Like Bongella. Oh, Bongella, yeah, on my tongue. <laughs> That's um, that's got to be a weird sensation. It's really weird, and, like, and it tickles to put on as well, which doesn't help. <laughs> I, I got to be honest though that even even with what you've just said, is it like it could be chaos to your tongue? The idea of honey batter from an Asian uh, food chain just excites me. <laughs> like, <laughs> why why bother putting filling in there? Battered honey would be amazing. You could just you could just sort of visualize the other uh, container as well. So it was like a case of. We've got all this chicken here. What can we do with it? We've run out of rice. Let's just cram as much as we can to oh, this little yeah. container. And they are yeah. so good at like stretching those containers to the absolute realms of their engineerial kind of limits. Yeah, there were some serious Tetris skills with that honey soy chicken, trust me. <laughs> well, it wasn't um, honey soy, it was just honey. But yeah, it, yeah. It, for some, yeah, I'm scared to go back. I'm scared to have honey chicken again, which upsets me because normally it doesn't... 
I don't have a reaction to it, but uh, maybe my body's just gone, now nah, you can't have Chinese food anymore. Nah, look, I'm sure it's coincidence. Hopefully, because I do like me some honey chicken. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you were unwell as well. You had to leave work early. That's not good. Yeah, I've just come down with like a head cold type thing. Nothing, Um, it's it's one of those things that it's not like, I don't know, it's weird. It's 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 equal parts not very bad, but also really bad. Um, like it's all in my sort of nose and throat. So my chest is fine. I feel like I could go for a run, no dramas. But I've just also got like the the sweats and the hot and the cold and my throat is scratchy as hell. So in many ways, it's just not a lot of fun. It's one of those things that makes me realize how small Geelong is because it's, we're at that time now where it usually happens mostly during winter, but if you've got a friend who's sick, like everyone else knows somebody else who's got the same flu. Like it just spreads around. We yeah. somehow just, we all know each other. <laughs> yeah, well, and everyone makes out with each other. It's like a, the way you greet in Geelong. Is that not how they do it everywhere else? No, no, no. That's a local custom. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's called the Lammy's Handshake. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Doe in the Wind. Uh, this was an episode I remember... Always disappointed me. I remember being really disappointed when I first watched it because they built it up. Channel 10, when they first aired it, built it up so much as finding out Homer Simpson's middle name, which when you look back on it, isn't that big of a deal. But, you know, 10-year-old Dando was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, and that it's was, just sort of brushed aside like it's nothing. That was kind of how I'd remembered it as well. I was like, I remembered the J stands for J and I was looking forward to going back to it to see what the implications of that would be. And yeah, nothing. <laughs> like yeah. The J stands for J, by the way, here's a poncho. Um, yeah. That's basically the extent of what it means. And when you look through, like that happens about a third of the way into the episode. It's just before the first ad break, yeah. Yeah, you're like, this could have been the whole crux of the episode, but it, it just kind of gets thrown away like it's a... It was just... It wasn't the reason, it was just the excuse to get from one side to the other. And I don't know whether I should have felt this way, but I remember just feeling like... They, they sort of said to me, ha-ha, you're an idiot for, for ever thinking this was actually going to be a big deal. I, um, feel, I felt a little bit insulted by it. Yeah, yeah, I could understand that a little bit. Like, it's, uh, it's almost like... Well, I did hear that the writers actually pitched it for three days. So, I don't know if that was necessarily what they were going for, but it does half come across that way. And I wonder if whoever pitched the J stands for J, like, whether they had given any consideration to that as an idea of like let's do it just to make fun of people that that think it's important because they got the idea from the rocky and bullwinkle but maybe yeah like you said maybe it was just after three days they went you know what fuck it let's just steal their idea hmm. uh yeah and for people that aren't aware of that so it's rocky j bullwinkle and uh, uh hang on bullwinkle yeah. j moose rocky <laughs> j squirrel um but that was uh named after the creator whose middle initial was j it wasn't oh, his first no, name Jay? Wait, sorry, his first Jay name Clark? was Jay. Sorry. Jay yeah. Clark. Jay Clark. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's the drugs talking. If I say anything stupid this this episode, it's the codrill. <laughs> it's the codrill. Um, so, what did you think of the episode overall? I, I didn't mind it. It wasn't really that funny, I guess. And I, I didn't mind the uh, the story. I thought uh, George Carlin and Martin Mull were really good. Because we mentioned yeah. last week how we sort of enter in the era maybe where guest stars aren't going to be used well. But I thought they were used, re- uh, they were used great here. And... I think we've mentioned in previous podcasts that we would have wished that George Carlin appeared on an episode, but I forgot he actually appeared in this. Yeah, so did I, uh, obviously. Uh, and I thought, yeah, he was really, really good. George Carlin's an excellent performer, and uh, I mean, I, one of my favourite 
comics of all time. So I was probably more geared to be really enjoying what he was doing as opposed to the uh, the other guy whose name I've already forgotten. Martin Mull. He's the, uh, the, is it the principal from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's what oh, I remember him from. Yeah, yeah okay. the guy with the glasses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, like it, it was really, really nice to just see them be characters again and just get them. I mean, they got Carlin because one of the writers just liked Carlin and wanted to meet him and then chickened out of it and didn't go to the <laughs> table read. <laughs> Wouldn't you do that though? <laughs> uh, maybe because yeah, like it, it'd almost not be able to, I'd, I'd, I'd go to that thing of like, oh, but what am I going to say to him? And he just wants to do his work, so I should just leave him be. And like, you're thinking, I had to write jokes for George Carlin. Yeah, that'd be a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Be intimidating. I'd, it'd be ha- ha- having him read something out at the table and go, this isn't funny. It'd be It'd interesting to know. Kevin Smith tells the story of George Carlin you know, in um, Mallrats, how he came up with this whole backstory for this character that Carl, uh, that Kevin Smith had written for him. That he came up to him and was like, I just want you to know that, you know, I've come up with this and I've committed it to memory and I've th- and I've thrown it away. Like, it's, it's not going to come out, but like, this is... He really came in thinking about who is this guy and how do I make this character. It'd be interesting to know if he had done the same level of uh, background work for this sort of role. Like, is that something that he did for everything? Or, you know, did he just rock up on the day and wing it reading the script for the first time? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I, I thought it was interesting also, a little tidbit, that Mark Kirkland um, was going through a divorce, unexpected divorce at the time. So he was meant to direct it, then he passed it off onto, oh, the name escapes me, I'll find it on the Wikipedia page. But the guy he passed it off to, uh, uh, it was Matthew Nastuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he chicken shit it out, similar to the guy who wrote and couldn't meet Carlin. He panicked after the first like day or so of, of doing all the first scene and said, Mark, can you please come oh, back and help is me? Is that how it happened? I thought Mark just took... like It's actually the way that story reads was very, very uh, blasé about the divorce in some ways because it's like Mark Kirkland couldn't do it because he was going through a divorce and not feeling well. He then... Like, you know, what's-his-face directs one scene and Kirkland came back feeling better. <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, got a case of the divorce. I'm just going to need the day off. <laughs> it says here, however, after a directed, directing a scene, Nestor claimed that he was terrified and wanted Kirkland to continue the direction. Yeah, right, okay. So, obviously, just thrown into the deep end. And I wonder if he directed ready. any other episodes after that or whether they're just like, well, you couldn't even direct more than one scene. <laughs> so- no, surely not. You give people a second crack. It, oh, have you ever had moments like that though, where you you finally get given the chance, but just the the the, the nerves just get to you? Um, I think I, I was almost like that when I went on the radio for the first time. I I, I didn't chicken out of it, but I remember I almost just went, "No, nah, I can't do it." Yeah. I, well, well, actually, so at Anglesey, did you ever go on the Anglesey rope camp? No. Oh, I've been to the one that's out that way in the, in the trees. Uh, yeah, yeah, down that way. So, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. there was one particular ride, which is, or not ride, but it was like one of those giant rope swings. And I was on that. You could like take yourself up to the highest height. And then you had to, uh, I think the, I think the teachers had the mechanism, but you had to like give them the signal to, you know, to pull the rope or something like that. Um, and I went like, oh yeah, straight up to the top. And then I got there and was absolutely terrified of it. I was like, no, a little lower, please, a little lower, a little lower, and took myself down to maybe the halfway point before letting go, and had a lot of fun, but it was only one turn per kid, and ever since, I was like, oh, man, I really wish I'd gone from the top. 
yeah, and, and like you look back now and you think, yeah, I probably should have, but at the time there was no way you could have done it. No, no, I was terrified. Yeah, it just didn't just make look- logical sense to go from that height. I'm just looking through um, Matthew Nestuck's uh, resume here. He's directed a shitload of Simpsons episodes, like all the way up to season twenty, uh, uh, season thirty. He's still working there. So oh, okay. So the guy overcame his fear of directing. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad for his career after all. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I, I did like the way the story sort of played up how people's priorities change the older they get. Like, they just mm. grow up. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'd agree with that. That was pretty sweet. Um, like I'm, sure how, I'm sure all radicals go through this transition where they just go, you know what? Protest is probably for the younger kids now. We've got to start making money. <laughs> yeah, there's a Ben Folds lyric. Uh, for, I think the song is called The Ascent of Stan which is kind of about a guy that used to be a hippie and now he's just working in upper middle management. And uh, it's once you wanted revolution, now you're the institution. How does it feel to be the man? Um, and, and like that's, yeah, it's kind of that aspect that there's only so long you can do it before the reality of life kicks in. What I didn't like about this story was that it was just another wacky Homer plot. Where yeah. they even like acknowledge that he has a job at the power plant, but it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it's starting to become fairly obvious when stuff like that happens. Uh, yeah. As we've mentioned, the uh, my biggest complaint about it was, I mean, kind of tied in with that as well, that at the end of the day, this is a story about who Homer is, right? Like, it's 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 a story about identity, or at the very least, that's how it gets set up. And then yeah. he, he goes on this journey of becoming a hippie but it could have been it could have really filled a deeper purpose in kind of working out like who is homer by now like and getting away from homer has a different trait or homer does a different thing for the next 20 minutes like it could have actually deep dived into as you know as as silly as the j stands for j it could have like been an exploration of who was Homer supposed to be, but instead it's just let's make Homer a hippie and then do hippie jokes. And the biggest criticisms that were leveled at this episode were about the fact that jokes about hippies are probably 25 years too late. And it's hard. Yeah, dated, yeah. It's yeah. hard to defend against that um, because they don't really, it's fun and it's funny, but it doesn't have anything new to say. And like he kind of, Again, one of those things that if you look at it from a critical point of view, you're like, well, who is this directed at? Like, who who are they trying to make a story for here? Because I don't imagine that 60s culture is really that relevant to many of the Simpsons fans in the late 90s. And the thing is, yeah, I guess you got to look back and go, what was the point of this episode? Yeah. Because going into it, the point was to find out Homer's middle name, but they quickly just, you know, throw that out the window. So, yeah. really, the episode doesn't really have... A reason to even exist? <laughs> no, no, not really. And, and the idea that Homer has gone through his whole life, like thirty-nine or whatever he is now, and not had to put his full name on anything, like not even his marriage certificate, is a bit far-fetched to me. <laughs> yeah, but your marriage certificate's pre-filled. You just have to sign that. Yeah, but you have to at least tell them what your middle name is. Yeah, well, if you don't know, you don't know. Well, okay. I mean, you reckon that someone wouldn't let Bono get married or share? Just because they didn't have three names? Does Cher actually have a last name? I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> I've never had the chance to ask. Uh, I also thought the the, uh, the intro was rather uh, random to get to the, the main plot. Just like Mr. Burns just decides he wants to make a, a recruitment film. Yeah. I mean, it was random, but 
I, I enjoyed also, it. But it yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> given that last week we were talking about how we don't get to see Burns and Smithers at the power plant anymore. Yeah. I, and I've, you know what it is? The reason the whole Homer wacky adventure idea sort of annoyed me a bit more in this one than even in the, when it did last week was because they had Smithers and Burns at the power plant and Homer was like at the power plant with Lenny and Carl and then all of a sudden he's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, anyway. that's a fair fair point. Or showering. Or showering, yeah, yeah. I, well, we'll discuss that when we get to that, that that scene where he's got his feet up on the on the bench and whatnot. But um, what was your favourite moment from the episode? <laughs> I was going to say guest directed by Quentin Tarantino, that shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, it would have been Lisa. <laughs> I had a few favourite moments, to be perfectly honest. Like, I, as much as, you know, I've spoken about some of the negatives of the episode, when it came time for me to look and go, what did I actually enjoy about it? I found that there was quite a lot of things that I okay. that were a lot of fun. Mm. So, I think... Uh, I mean, shout out to the recreation of Jimi Hendrix doing Spars, Star Spangled Banner. I thought well, they that, didn't just, you sure they didn't just play it? Oh, well, visual recreation. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay. yep, yep, yep. Um, the sh- shout out to the animation of Barney's hallucination that was really, that really was well pretty done. Pretty damn well, it, like it, everyone's the, hallucination, really. Like Flanders, yeah. everything. Yeah. But dueling hallucinations was pretty great, and the throwback to the pink elephants, kind of the um, Dumbo inspired drunk scene, was very cool. Yeah. Um. And outside of that, Dan had a lot of moments where he just delivered really good comedy lines, like. So, you know, I'm merely a vessel through which genius flows. That's that's up there with the some of the best lines I reckon Homer's ever said. Just the just how pompously he delivers that, and how <laughs> completely unaware of himself he is as he says it is fantastic. Is it a Homer line though? Like, how, uh, how does Homer all of a sudden just become this kind of you know person? <laughs> That works as a Homer line for me because it's a it's the right use of going against type. Um, okay, you know it's subverting the expectation, and that's where the comedy comes from. And same deal with this. So does that mean you're going to start showering again? Perhaps in time. In time, yes. <laughs> that, was, that was very cool. Uh, and also the uh, the other thing that I really liked, as much as it's not related to anything, Kent Brockman's little intro to the news segment of. Officials were sh- have been shocked to find that point shaving may, as a- may have occurred in as many as three Harlem Globetrotters games. <laughs> have you ever seen a Harlem Glo- Globetrotters game? Uh, no. Oh, well, on TV. I mean... I don't, I don't mean live. I mean, yeah, on TV. Yeah, have you ever actually watched say, one? Did they, did they ever come out to Australia? No, nah, sure I don't, don't believe so. Not that I'm aware of anyway. So, what did you think of the end with the flower in the forehead? Um... Uh, I'd forget gotten that I mean it's an, tries to kill him <laughs> yeah it's an ending like it's, it's it's to me it's just like okay so you have the character of Wiggum willing to shoot Homer Simpson in the face yeah well I mean cops did do that to hippies um, the, the, the character of Chief Wiggum one of the original B sharps was going to shoot Homer Simpson in the face shouldn't have been cut from the band <laughs> I know, I was just like, that just makes the character of Wiggum take a dark turn. Yeah, but I guess... shoot Homer in the face! In that moment, they're not the characters, they're representing the institutions. It's Chief Wiggum. Like, it's not Chief Wiggum. in the face. It's, <laughs> Ameri- saying, it's yeah. American police. <laughs> yeah, I know what they're going for. But, um, yeah, anyway. But uh, my favourite moment, I there's two things. I liked Homer's advice for washing hair. 
um, always repeat. Yeah, rinse and repeat. Always repeat. And Homer throwing the frisbee accidentally back into the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just Carlin's response. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, the Simpsons managed to milk a lot of comedy out of frisbees. They have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, was the last time Malibu Stacy? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, so, yeah, I say a lot oh. of comedy and I mean twice. <laughs> but very, very memorable. Uh, being able to milk comedy out of a frisbee is just genius in itself. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, being able to have more than one frisbee joke says a lot about how good you are. From this day forward, your names will be... Now, new names this week, Mitch. What have we got? Hannah Reed with HJ's For Us All. Mm-hmm. Neil Parks with Poncho in a Poncho. Poncho? S- poncho, as in a paunch. Oh, like okay. Fat. I yeah. said porn show. It's oh, <laughs> like, where's sorry. the porn coming from? That's the sore throat. Uh, a J in the life of Homer Simpson. That comes in from Sarah Roberts, which I quite like. That's, that's great, actually. Yeah, I think that's probably the cleverest one that's there, actually. Uh, you say a J in the life. I, th- I think you still need Homer Simpson there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Andy D, you can call me J and you can call me J. Hmm, not bad. Oh, okay. So... Andrew Parker and Chris Darby have have basically worked on worked on this together with Hippie Kai J Homer Simpson. <laughs> That's not bad either. Yeah. Um, my suggestion for this week was seven ingredients you can't put in juice, which are uh, well, peyote is probably the only one, but it was it was more um, <laughs> tipping the hat to Carlin's seven words you can't say on TV. Well, thank you, patrons, for your new names this week. I think it's time now, Mitch, that we probably should do should we do trivia or should we do the patron mailbag? Trivia first, you think? Oh, please. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Alrighty, my first question. I've got, what is the hippie's dog's name? Uh, it was... Mm, no, I've forgotten. Was it uh, Chester? No, it kind of, kind of rhymes with the goalie from Mighty Ducks. Um, Goldberg. So, kind of rhymes with Goldberg. It's Ginsburg. Oh, Ginsburg. Good name for a dog, actually, Ginsburg. My question, my first question, how many eyes does Barney's hallucination, hallucination monster have? How many eyes? Is it three? It is three, yeah. Triangle three, formation. Yeah. yeah. What did the billboard say on the mural? Or what did the mural say, I should say? <laughs> What, what did the, the mural say? Um, oh, shit. This is what happens when I get a head cold and I watched the episode two days ago. All <laughs> knowledge goes out of my head. Uh, it was... Uh, no, nah, I've gone. Let that spirit... Let your spirit soar. Uh, let your spirit soar. Yes. I knew it was like a positive affirmation, but you can't just say positive affirmation is the answer. No. <laughs> um, my question is, what were the ingredients of the of Homer's version of the juice? Oh, no idea. Lost on me. It was... was it ca- ca- carrot? Carrots and peyote. Peyote, yes. I knew, I knew it was carrot, yeah. I should have remembered because he's mentioned it before. Uh, and what type of car does Munchie drive? Oh, it's a... The planet. Saturn. A Saturn. Well done. Yeah. Is that, is that a Nissan? Like, and was that... I suppose that was a real car. Uh, of course it's a real car. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, my final question is, who, which band did Abe want to be brought on at Woodstock? Shanana. Shanana, yes. Who yeah. I looked up, they were like a 60s doo-wop band. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, kind of 
I reckon it would have been like rock and roll to the most conservative type of person possible. They were kind of, I looked up some of their um, stuff on YouTube and they've got a little bit of like a Danny Zuko about him, short sleeves, sort of slicked hair, but still, still just a do-wop band. Um, Speaking of Danny Zuko, I, um, I got mum an early Christmas present. I bought her, bought her meet and greet tickets to meet John Travolta. Oh, wow. Yeah, because she loves John Travolta. Mm. Like, like lo- loves him, like idolizes John Travolta. Like, John yeah. Travolta is just like her thing. Yeah. And I was doing like a Q&A thing at the, um, at the Palais. So, she gets to go backstage beforehand and meet him and get a photo. That's cool. What's he actually doing at the Palais? It's like, just a, a, Q- a Q&A, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Who's uh, Richard Wilkins? I don't know, but it would not surprise me. <laughs> Asking the same questions he's been asked for the last 20 years. Can we just go back two minutes, by the way? Did you ask if a Saturn was a Nissan? Yeah. A Saturn is a model. Well, a Saturn is a manufacturer. Saturn is a brand. Yeah. Oh. Well, what do they make? I've, I've never seen I've never seen a Saturn. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. It's, it's, well, it's an American thing. Yeah, okay. It's an American, yeah. Well, I don't yeah, know. I, I was just, I, I was just, yeah, I was just wanted. I don't know whether you said Nissan. I was like, we need to go back and just clarify that because there's going to be listeners out there going, did he just say it's a Saturn and Nissan? Yeah, well, I thought it might have been a thing. The Nissan Saturn or the Dodge Saturn. It's, it sounds like it, it fits. Nissan Saturn. Like, it sounds like it would work. Yeah. <laughs> never heard of them. I, I never saw them on, you know, Gran Turismo 2, which is where I learned most of my car brands. They, um, I'm pretty sure they ended like a decade ago. Yeah, okay. Business. But anyway. Anyway, so... Back to it. So, that's all the trivia for this week, is it? Uh, yeah, that's all i got for you this week. That's all we got. All righty, let's get into the patron mailbag. It's the patron mailbag time. Of course, if you want to contribute to the patron mailbag, it's going to be a $2 plus patron. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed to us on Patreon this week. That being one person, Alicia. Thanks, and Alicia. Thank you to our, and thank you to our $20 patrons. We love you so much, Jordan Ritchie and Lisa the Simpson. Obviously, if you want to get access to a bunch of exclusive content, just go to our patreon.com slash four-finger discount. It's the best way to support the show and get a bunch of exclusive stuff in return. Now, Mitch, our first question. My answer to this is no, but I want to hear whether you've got an interesting answer. From Alistair Danik, have you ever smoked weed? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I was in Amsterdam not that long ago, so. Did you smoke weed then? Yeah. Really? Well, why wouldn't you? In Amsterdam. Did Before, Ash? Yeah. What did Ash do? Um, well, she smoked weed. <laughs> but like, 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 how did she react to it? Had she, I'm, I'm assuming that was her first time. It was. Oh no, 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 second time for her. Um, since being with you. Uh, yeah, Ash is. I mean, because there's no way pre you Ash smoked weed. No, and it took like Ash didn't. I think the first time Ash tried weed, she was 27, and that was the first and only up until Amsterdam. So how did she react to it? Yeah, fine. Like, I mean, when you go into the um the the coffee houses over there, they've kind of got like menus and different strains and stuff like that. So she just opted for something that was pretty low strength and and. But do um, they just sell it just in the shops? Yeah, yeah. It's not wow. like it's an actual business. It's like going out for a cup of coffee. It's oh wow, did not know like, that. It's not like they're hidden stores or anything like that. Like I, th- I thought are. it was. I thought it was just a drug culture there. I didn't. Realize no, it was no, no, a, no. A it's, it's actually legalized and regulated. Oh, fair enough. Um, so, you know, you go in and there's like a menu, basically, of... Jeez, uh, I reckon there would have been 15 or so different strengths, different strands. Um, then there were cookies and hash browns and stuff like that that you could... Or not hash browns, um, brownies, that sort of thing. So, it's like when you order butter chicken, you like go from mild to extra hot? Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. 
Um, if, you can fi- if you can finish all this and still stand up, you get yeah. it for free. But yeah, it was fine. Like I went, me being me, I was just like, well, give us the strongest you got, sir. And um, got about halfway through it and had to had to take five. Tell you the most genius thing about the environment there is that there's two vending machines set up inside and that's the only sort of other food that you can buy. So once, like the thing about the munchies is absolutely true. And about halfway through, I just walked over and spent maybe 15 bucks on Twix. Really? Yeah. I was just like, this is the greatest. God, you, you, you picked the worst type of chocolate, Twix. Really? No, you like I like Twix? Twix. Yeah, the cookie oh. crunch. Ah, Twix for me is always just that one that, uh, like there was no twirls. I had to have a Twix. I had to settle for a Twix. No, but you like, got... either, it goes like twirl, time out Twix, in my opinion. But you got caramel in there, which you don't have in a time a time. Yeah, but it gets all chewy and stuck to your teeth, and uh. mm. it's like kind of like a a thicker curly whirly. You reckon? No. Yeah, you know yeah. when curly whirlies are really chewy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I always saw Twixes. Yeah. But in anyway, any case, so there you go, Alison. <laughs> I don't have any wacky stories. Like I just, you know, smoked it. Felt felt super relaxed. Smoked it. Ate Twix. Went on my way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jamie Gemmel or Gemmel says, "What song would you use to freak out the establishment?" Um, purple drapes. Purple drapes. <laughs> okay, so that's the song you would use. Uh, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't quite be bold enough to play my own music out the car. Freak, freak I, I reckon if you if you drove through town with "Bring It All Back" by S Club Seven playing really loudly, you would freak some people out. I tell you what, I have driven through town with the Terminator theme music playing really loudly. What the da 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 Yeah. Well, yeah, the opening said da 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 Right now, everyone listening is envisioning the thumb going down. Yeah. 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 But yeah, just doing that and pretending that you are the Terminator is a fun thing to do on a Saturday afternoon. Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, that would be enough to drive people mad if you put it on repeat. Yeah. I do you know I when I was younger, get this, I used to do line dancing. We used to line dance to that oh. song. Out in the quarry. <laughs> no, I was like because I was the mascot of the local country radio station. Oh, I was like yeah, righto. Six. And like I used to go to like their monthly line dancing events and like I'd have to like line dance with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Did they get you leading it? Yeah, I was like up the front with um with the hosts and stuff, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Uh, I got another question. Here's one. David Abbott-Smith, what's your favorite Billy Joel song? I've always liked You're Always a Woman to Me. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty beautiful song. New York State of Mind is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's hard to go past Piano Man. Piano Man's pretty great. Yeah, that's just like the, the obvious one. Just, his is pia- he, he's, Dave says here's his Piano his Man. His is Piano Man, yeah. So, yeah, if I was to go outside of that, then it would probably be New York State of Mind. Well, here we go. Jake Taylor, finally, with Jake Taylor. I've actually got another one, actually. So, Jake Taylor says, Have you ever left an object behind that when you came back to it later, chaos had ensued because of said object? Um, hmm. I've left something out that's caused chaos. So, I was supposed to put um, something in the oven to cook and I forgot to put it in the oven and left it on the bench and I put left it in the microwave overnight. Mm. So I was supposed to cook it that evening. I forgot, and it's le- and it stayed in the microwave overnight. It was a a, a turkey dinner for t- for the following day's lunch. Oh. We're having friends over. Yep. And I left it in the microwave overnight. So Nicola refused to cook it because she thought it would be gone. It would have gone off. Yep. So that that was me leaving something out that created chaos in this in the Dando household. Mm. <laughs> um, 
Well, I can just ever so vaguely hear my cat meowing from the garage where I think I locked her in about an hour and a half ago. Um, Not out of malice or anything like that. It's just that she's got this fucking obsession with running in there and then she won't come back out. And then you'll shut the door and a little bit later she'll be very upset about being in the garage. So I figured this is the only way to make her learn. (laughs) You know what Jet does now? Every night. It's like it's a joke. It's It's a running gag he has now. It's his shtick. He waits for us to sit down on the couch for t- to watch television, and then he goes over to the door and wants to go to the toilet. <laughs> he waits for us to sit down every single time. <laughs> it's pretty great. Like, he's just... He's just fucking with you guys. To be... Yeah. Like, because I do like to think that dogs have a sense of humour. And yeah, they, they understand what's funny. Well, um, but have you left anything behind? You see your cat? <laughs> yeah, the cat. <laughs> um... Uh, have you ever, I, have you ever locked down? I oh, see we've left Jet inside once when he was a puppy and he chewed up all the lino in the rental house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've left. I left some chocolate behind once before going on a holiday that led to a break-in in the house. Um, we had like it was Easter, so I'd had all of my Easter chocolates in my bedroom, visible to the window, and some kids broke in, ate all oh, of the fr- chocolate. Bedroom in front of the house, yeah. Pardon. Bedroom at the front of the house. Bedroom at the back, but I reckon what it would have been is the neighbours next door who used to sort of jump the fence and see if I was home. What? And, oh, so you're talking a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, back back before um, murder and pedophiles. Yeah, yeah. When kids could just jump fences. Um, but yeah, I reckon they did that, spotted their opportunity, and then went, well, we'll have some of this. And uh, so I, I don't think they took anything other than the chocolate, but it still freaked out dad that someone had broken in and upset yeah. me a great deal that my chocolate was gone yeah as it would yeah we all love chocolate and finally just quickly Andrew Parker says have you ever had a little family mystery or secret that you've discovered later in life any um, long lost brothers or sisters well I discovered that Grinter Reserve in Newcomb is like in some way named after someone related to me okay Fair enough. So that's it, something. It's claim not, to fame. It's not exactly a dirty secret, but yeah, it's not exactly not exactly a quarry, but no, just sporting <laughs> over, just just <laughs> recreation. Uh, that, well, I, I didn't realize that we had a quarry till I was like 12, 13 years old. So that was mm. a pretty big deal. I was like, oh, we we own this land. What's that? Um, I watch Facebook page that like tells you about people in Geelong that have got outstanding warrants and that sort of stuff. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, so. Uh, one of my cousins appeared on that very recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I watch. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, that was pretty great. Um, the way I found out about that was just from one of my other cousins who'd updated their status to be like, oh, I'm so fucking embarrassed. That was all that said. And it took about <laughs> eight seconds for me to kind of deduce what must have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Alrighty, guys, thank you for contributing to the Patreon mailbag this week. Like you said, if you want to be a part of it, just be a four-finger discount patron, patreon.com slash four-finger discount. Alrighty, let's get into our dough in the wind, Mitch. Original air date was November 15th, 1998. As we said, it starred George Carlin and Martin Muller, Seth. Also, the band who played the final theme, uh, Mm. they were friends of the guy who wrote it. They're called uh, Yola Tango. Yola? Yola Tango, three words. I, I, I don't mind it when they change the intro up a bit, something different. Makes the episode stand out a bit more. Yeah, it's kind of uh, cool. It's like, um, uh, well, it's kind of like The Wire, where they have the different music mm. for every season. But it's also, I reckon, in Peaky Blinders, they um have different bands occasionally do covers of Red Right Hand. I guess it's also a good gig, for, I mean, particularly for The Simpsons in nineteen ninety eight. Would have been a good mm. gig for the band. 
Yeah, although how much publicity would they have got? Like, who's reading the credits? That is true. But, but it would have been... Could they, could, could they then legally then play it at their gigs? I feel like, no. <laughs> like, Probably. Y- you haven't written it. So. Oh, although, yeah. I don't know how covers work in a live environment. I guess if it's a cover, you can... Oh, it just depends. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Hmm. But anyway, uh, the chopper gag was, no one cares what my definition of is, is. And the couch gag was, the couch becomes a roller coaster. And they ride off in excitement. So the episode starts off with Mr. Burns. Did you, sorry, did you go. see that footage that came out? Um, I reckon it was maybe a week ago of a guy catching someone else's mobile phone on a roller coaster. No. Yeah, so they had like a GoPro set up on their seat. and. Um, oh, wait, some, no, this was a, a long time ago, wasn't it? Oh, uh, was it? I thought it was recent. But like, so someone a couple a couple carriages ahead drops their mobile phone and then old mate just plucks a hand out and catches it as it's going by. Oh, wait, no, no. The one I saw was a guy dropped his phone, got off the ride, and the ride emer- like, emergency stopped and everyone had to stand and watch while the guy walked off and got his phone. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, that, this wasn't that, that. That's, that. You hate that guy. <laughs> yeah. But I'll have to check out that video. It sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, the video, uh, the episode starts off with Mr. Burns. It's uh, lunchtime at the power plant. Mr. Burns is laying out his lunch. What's he got? He's got Philly cheesesteak. The Philly cheesesteak was sort of like when it escalates. So it starts... One bullion cube, one Concord grape, one Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Um, and then he gets the uh, the pickles. Yeah. And we get the the awkward homosexual joke with with Smithers and Burns, where Smithers or Burns sort of knows what's going on now, but just sort of pretends it's not there. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that he can't open it, and he has to try and get all these workers to open it, who cannot open it either. Um, and he wants some fresh blood. Smithers offers to drain Simpson then and there. Smithers is ruthless sometimes, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Uh, Smithers just views people as... Um, organ banks. Well, yeah, organ banks and possessions. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mr. Burns says they need to make a recruitment film to try and hire some young blood into the power plant who can open his lunch for him. And we get the um, we get the recruitment film, which reminded me of like the kind of commercial you get at the, at the cinema before a movie. Oh, uh, like, yeah, so really low Poorly budget. Poorly acted, yeah. really bad dialogue. You it's know, generally the people that own the business that are in the commercial. Yeah, because they just want to get their face on, on, the, on the screen. Coming into slumber world. That sort of thing. <laughs> but the, the problem is that they it's, it's a case of they don't trust anyone else to advertise their own business, even despite the fact that they can't do it themselves. And action. Wow, what a graduation. I'll say. But with college behind us, we'll need careers and good ones. What about chestnut roasting? People always need chestnuts. Or begging. I know a place that'll saw your legs off. Slow down, fellas. I've got a way we can keep our legs and still have a bright future. Now you're dreaming. Oh, am I? Of course. Nuclear power. It's the job of tomorrow. Today. Really? Well, that settles it. For all those reasons and more, let us choose an electrifying career in... Line? Nuclear power. Nuclear power. You thunder-headed stooges are the worst bunch of... Mr. Ben actually gets right into it. Has his little outfit and everything. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Um, I mean, well, it's been a while since Burns is directed. He clearly enjoys being back in the seat. They're, not, they're watching it on the television. The family's sort of saying, yeah, it wasn't that 
bad, I guess. Um, Homer says he's going to apply for the Actors Guild. And this was just, as we said, the setup for him to fill out the form to realize that he doesn't know what his middle name is. He asks Grandpa. Grandpa has no idea either, but he says he'll take him somewhere where he thinks he might be able to figure it out or find it out. Grandpa gets some good lines through this episode as well and like good moments of just being an absolute prick father. Um, Is that good moments though? (laughs) I mean, it's enjoyable. The thing thing about the Grandpa character is it's kind of like a wrestler who when they can't work out whether they want them to be a good guy or a bad guy. Because sometimes he's a horrible, horrible parent. Hmm. And in some episodes, they play it up like he was a fantastic single father. Yeah, that's true. They can't They can't settle on one backstory. No. But this just this fits with the general cantankerous image of Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you, it you, was your mother's job to name you and love you. It was, yeah, I was yeah, mainly yeah. in it for the spanking. I'm going to be honest. I didn't like the joke or the line where Homer says, well, I'll just shoot myself. Oh, didn't you? For bringing it up. I just didn't... I didn't like hearing that on The Simpsons. I don't know why. I know it's probably I'm probably in the minority, but I just thought it was in poor taste. I see. I know. Ex- I know exactly what they were going for, and I get it. I I know. I I get it. But to me, just just The Simpsons isn't the kind of show f- for that kind of humor. But in my opinion. I reckon that that kind of humor was like common back then. A lot of people would have been saying that sort of joke. Like to me, that felt like the sort of everyday joke that anyone might make in a workplace when they've been asked to do something. Maybe it's looking back on reflection now because of what's happened in recent history. that Because it, it at the time, I don't recall it being an issue with me. But now I watch it and go, I don't like that. Yeah, but like you say recent history, it's a joke about suicide, like shooting himself. It's not about, it's not a joke about gun yeah, violence. Yeah, I guess so. It's not, it's not, it's not gun no. violence, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, just to me, it just... I don't know. It didn't sit well yeah. with me, even though I know it's. I'm obviously in the minority. Um, so they go to the hippie compound, and we get introduced to Seth and Munchie. I remember them, Seth and Munchie. Look at those filthy, lazy, flea-ridden. Oh, hi there. Then we get the Woodstock flashback, and as you said, yeah, it's they do a really good job of um of just it's kind of like what they did with Bohemian Rhapsody, just sort of recreating the scene. Oh, has um, that happened? What's that? The Bohemian no, Rhapsody. I'm, I'm talking the film, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and they recreate the uh, the Live Aid uh, yeah. concert. Then I thought Hippie Homer was actually pretty awesome. Just having a great time. Uh, he was having a great time and like looked majestic. He almost looks like a um, a centaur, like half man, half beast. I think it's just half the colour of his pants. Beast. Yeah. He wasn't wearing pants. Oh, sorry, young hippie Homer. My apologies, I've skipped ahead. <laughs> I'm like, how is this ch- naked child in the mud a centaur? I did like the line about you know, go put some pants on, then pull them down. It's time for a spanking. Like yeah, Grandpa's got his process. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That a spanking doesn't count unless you've pulled the pants down. And Homer realizes that had Grandpa not interfered, then he may have had a uh, a long, happy life as a hippie. We had a care in the world, and, and we. I, it was also nice here to have a sort of mention of Homer's mother. She sort of plays a key role in this episode, even though she's only in it for a, like a scene or two. Mm. I'm assuming that uh, it was not voiced. Who voiced Mona Simpson? Can't remember. Fuck. Uh, 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 um, she was at the Close. premiere party. Glenn Close. Yeah, she's at the premiere party this year, actually. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. How, how crazy is that? So, one of the um, the animators that I'm, that I'm friends with on Facebook is just like, oh yeah, I was walking into the premiere party. Glenn Coach just walks up, uh, close walks up to me and says, oh, is this is this the way? So he walked into the premiere party with her, giving it like, 
showing her the directions how to get into the theme park and it, at the same time was just spending five minutes with Glenn Close. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. It'd be pretty crazy, yeah. I'd just ask her nothing but questions about Hook. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like to be in the boo box? Uh, anyway, so <laughs> I bought that on 4K yesterday, by the way. Uh, that, that's a movie that doesn't need a 4K transfer. <laughs> yeah, you reckon? I, I See, I, it's another one of those movies I haven't watched since I was a kid. Oh, Maybe look, I... I love the movie, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I feel just like feel... I feel like the sets are going to be good because it was all done in like, the studio. I feel like they'll, yeah, they'll look really good. That's the thing. I feel like you'll they'll look like sets. Yeah, oh, yeah, good point. That yeah. sometimes you don't want it to be high definition. I bought The Matrix as well and watched The Matrix and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. 4K for that, yeah. I could imagine. Um, and Homer decides basically he's going to become a hippie. Now, Grandpa here just sort of shrugs it off and disappears and that's it. He's done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lucky, I suppose. My, my wife yeah. is done. I can't. I can't stop this guy. He's. He's I, just. He's made his mind up. I've got you to this point of the story. That's all yeah. that mattered. Um. Um. We do get the demon in the sack line that we've glossed over. By the way. Yeah, I was going to get back to that as well. Yeah. yeah. Which is pretty funny where Grandpa doesn't cut on. <laughs> oh, you heard about that, eh? Yeah. Um. And obviously we get the um the Homer J Simpson. Oh, my mother painted that for me. Oh my God, my middle name is right behind that shrub. I'll finally know what J stands for. From this moment forth, I will be known as Homer J. Simpson. It's so beautiful. What a magical gift for my mother to leave me. And we've discussed it at the start. It should, I feel like it should have played a bigger role or they should have built up to it more. It just—it's just such a throwaway <laughs> joke in this whole episode in the long and scheme. In the whole I wouldn't sp- mind it being a throwaway joke if it was the last thing that happened as well. Yes, like if they yes. built up to it and then threw it away, that'd be one thing. But the fact that they've sort of taken us on a path, thinking this is going to be something, and then pretty quickly gone, "Oh, it's nothing." And by the way, this is what the story is really about. It feels like it's—it was a sort of missed opportunity to, because now it means that they can't explore it in depth ever again because they've already kind of done it in a in a less fleshed out way. You know, maybe it was the fear of backlash from what people might think if they made them sit there for 22 minutes and then not give them a satisfying... Even though, no. the, even though, that, that, even though that is kind of a satisfying conclusion to the story because it's just like, ah, oh, fuck, you got me. It's funny. But like, maybe they were scared some people would have been pissed off because of it. Kind of like the, the Maggie Simpson who shot Mr. Burns scenario. Yeah, but I'd be surprised if they'd be scared about that. Like, that's... Anyone that is actually making anything creatively of quality doesn't fear that sort of result. Like they just, you just do what you think is good. And I you guess can't... Bill said that, didn't he? Didn't they didn't write shows for the audience? They wrote yeah, shows you don't for get themselves. stressed about what people are going to think. Cause then you go fucking crazy. But you have to still listen to the audience. No, no. not not ignore the audience. But you got to listen to a fraction. But you still, you got to write a show that you want to, that you would enjoy. Yeah, but no, you, you can't listen to the audience ahead of time. You've, you've got no idea what people are going to like or not going to like, so no. But if, if, you're, if you're taking the show in a, in a direction and the audience isn't responding to it, you've got to change some things. But one episode isn't in a direction. Oh, no, no. One episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, in the, if, if, just say, for example, they kept doing this, a similar vibe of the show and ratings were dropping, you have to change it, is what I'm saying. Well, even then, no, you don't, because... Like Arrested Development is a classic example of that. They had a vision. They did exactly what they wanted to do. They only got three seasons out of it because they didn't find the audience they wanted. But the audience that they did have absolutely loves it and raves about it as being one of the best shows ever because they committed to what they wanted to do. And I think 
people of a certain creative mindset would prefer that outcome than would prefer to become millionaires. Like they're making stuff to be good, not to be loved or not to be, sorry, they're making stuff to ideally to be loved. But at the end of the day, they just want to make what they think is the best product possible. And if that finds an audience, great. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't. Is the Seinfeld scenario similar in that? I guess because audiences love that. So, it wasn't a case of that change anything. It was just he's like, they wanted to keep doing the show, but he was like, if we keep doing the show, it won't be as good as what it is, so I'm stopping. Yeah, I think that's a... Well, it's it's the same principle, but it's the opposite direction of it. Yeah. Of a lot of people would have gone, I can't walk away from this thing that's really good, whereas he went, no, um, it's time to finish. Like, no amount of money, no amount of viewership is going to make it the right thing to do another season. And I think the show's... It's like its legacy has lived on stronger as a result. Mm. And I'll tell you, like a show that does the that did the opposite of that would be Lost. Like Lost, killer concept, only ever designed, I think, to be a one season show. But then it became successful, and they went, "Oh, hang on, well, let's try to milk this idea out for a little bit." Same deal with Prison Break, actually. And then subsequent seasons were no good because it just they were only being made because people were watching it as opposed to because there was a genuine reason to keep making it. Yeah. So back to Homer, I uh, said Doe in the Wind, sorry. Um, Homer's decided he's going to be a hippie. He's got his poncho. Um, now he's, he's basically just playing up all the typical hippie stereotypes, isn't he? Not showering. Mm. You, know, you can't own a potato and telling Marge not to wear a bra and just the cliche hippie jokes, isn't it? Yeah. Which... And this is the stuff with it, yeah, it's like, well, it's a bit late for any of this to be relevant, so it doesn't hit home as much. Goes back to the uh, to the compound. Is that, is that what it is? Just going to call it the compound? Well, it's a farm. It's a farm, yeah, yeah. Um, but they call it the compound at the start. And uh, Munch I, I feel and like it needs to have more than two hippies for it to be a compound. That is true, yeah. Maybe it was a compound and they're the only ones left and they turned it into a business. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Munch and Seth are there uh, playing Hacky Sack, which a game I used to love playing in high school. Uh, Homer asked to join in. Um, just, just boots it. You, they're planting the seeds here that Homer is not going to be a good person to have around here. <laughs> He's just going to be trouble. So immediately kicks the Hacky Sack away. He's just that annoying guy who wants to be everyone's friend, but no one wants to be his friend because he's just annoying. Yeah, which is, you know, Homer all the time, really. Does he, he doesn't always want to be people's friends. No, but whenever he... Whenever he does, though, he's very annoying. Often yeah. when he's... Yeah, if he's trying to adapt a new thing, he'll ruin it. Yeah. That um, sometimes being Homer's friend is worse than being Homer's enemy. Hacky sack time is over. It's time to get back to work. And Homer just can't believe this, can he? Ha- hippies don't have jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be, I guess, a, a rude shock to the system for someone that believed in the hippie myth. But this is the thing, though. He's bleeding the myth for what? A day? <laughs> <laughs> Roughly that. Yes. That's the thing. His, his character these days just goes from zero to a million. Just, you know, just get straight into it. Which I guess his character's always kind of been like that. It just seems more in your face now. But uh, yeah. I think it was good that they had these stereotypical hippies. They didn't play them up as stereotypical hippies. They had a successful business that they established themselves. Yeah. Um, that's, that is very true. Like, all of the... All of the stupidity about hippies comes from Homer, not from the actual hippies. Yeah, yeah. He's just Homer's just a bad influence, really. Yeah. 
It was a cool transition, I thought, when he um he says we're gonna go for a freak out and he throws his frisbee up into the sky and then it transitions into their wheels. Into the wheel, yeah. And he's just painted their car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what what was the song they were playing there? It's a song that I know. <clears throat> I just don't know the name of it. Was um, that was a good sense, innocence. That's all I know. Crippling mankind, <laughs> dead yeah. kings, many things, something or other. Uh, yeah, I don't actually know what it's called. Okay. <laughs> if I type good sense, innocence into uh, Google, I'm sure it'll come up. I'll do it, it later. It would have to. Um, but the freak out's not going to plan. Homer's just like, this isn't the kind of music. I've got some music that'll blow your mind. Uptown girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not the Westlife version. There's a Westlife version? Yeah, around about the time this episode came out, I reckon it was released. Maybe a little bit later, maybe like 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's basically just, it's just Uptown Girl, just with five dudes singing it instead of just a boy band version of the song. It's exactly yeah, okay. the same. They didn't change anything. I won't be in a hurry to track that down. <laughs> I'll end the, the podcast with it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> um, uh, and, for the, and for the first time, not because of music rights issues, but just because don't. It's just um, Homer here, I don't know. It's just gone so hippie that it's just I I, I was I, I didn't buy it. I don't know why. I just didn't buy him as a hippie. It just seemed like such a. I guess what they, they, that's what they're going for. They're going for him being a tryhard hippie. But it just came across like the Homer character just would never do this. <laughs> yeah, you feel like the Homer character would be more of the sort of guy that doesn't like hippies. Yeah, like the doors of perception are open for business. Like Homer would never say that. No. <laughs> The cosmic fool is here, bit you can kind of get, but uh, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I wouldn't say the episode fell off a cliff, but it just, it was just very hard to buy into. I don't know. I just sat there going, I just am not really accepting any of this. I don't know. But what, what do you think? I well, I think it was more that it just lost any sense of purpose from this point. Yeah, um, it wasn't, and it wasn't that it was bad. I was just sitting there going, is it over yet? Like, well, there did- was, there was no narrative momentum throughout any of this because the narrative had just dropped by the wayside. It was purely sketches of Homer being a hippie. Yeah, it was um, just stu- it was just stuff happening. Yeah. But, but with no actual story to it. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah any any meaning to any of any narrative meaning to it. Uh and, and it's not like saying that, oh, it's the Simpsons that needs to have meaning, but like it's just there was no connection whatsoever to and anything for these. It was just a sort of series of vignettes of Homer living life as a hippie. Yeah. Which so, just stops it from being, you know, one of the sort of great episodes because they tend to be a little bit more connected. Hey, Square, expand your mind. The doors of perception are open for business. <laughs> Thanks for the tip, Homer. Everywhere, daddy, daddy. Never fear! The cosmic fool is here to blow the lid off your conformist button-down world! <laughs> Weirdos. Hi, Marge. We're freaking out squares. Mm, Lord. What's in your brand new bag, Mama? Oh, it's that pair of dockers you wanted. 48 waist with the balloon seat, right? <laughs> Marge, not in front of the hippies. <laughs> Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of that. Oh, please, God, don't let them come in here. Hear ye, hear ye! The intergalactic jester proclaims this conformity factory closed! Woo-hoo! 
Fifteen years of loyal service, and this is how they tell me? A jester with an invisible proclamation. Um, so they get back to the, uh, the compound, <laughs> to the business, the farm, and they realize that Homer's uh, frisbee has caused some sort of uh, chaos. Yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's not good at all. It reminds me of Alan Parrish putting the shoe Putting the Jumanji. shoe in, in Jumanji, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the poor worker takes the blame for it. Yeah, and then ends up becoming a bum. What a dude, though, taking the rap for it, eh? Because mm. Alan Parrish's dad in that movie, not a Wait, nice da- man. Hang on. He doesn't become a bum. He becomes a cop. My bad. Yeah, he, I, I know. I was just going to, yeah. But it, uh, doesn't he go back in time and change it, though? Yes. He uh, he goes back in time and fesses up. So yes. So, when at the end of Jumanji, when he gets returned, uh, all that once was, was it all that once was will be something. I forget what the rhyming couplet is. But yeah, he goes back to the beginning and then tells his dad. Yeah, so it's it's, it's jammed the uh, the juicer later, uh, and Homer they, they kick Homer out because Homer's just he's ruined their business because the stockholders are going to be furious now. So they have yeah. every reason to just this guy's just come into their life and ruined everything. Yeah, in the, in the space of two days. Yeah, it's amazing how quickly you can go to work. How could you let me turn into you? But 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 but, but, but the poncho. But, 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 but the poncho. Hit the road square. I just think the acting from George there was just great. Yeah. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah. George Carlin's got a great voice. Like, just oh. naturally very, very great voice. And so. when, when you were watching it, did you know straight away it was George? Because I'm watching it going, yeah, this, is so, this is somebody. This is somebody I know. And then I'm just like, wait a minute. It's Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, I very much got that. And as much as they said that they hadn't modeled the hair on anyone, it does look a bit it- like... George Carlin's hair. I thought the exact same thing I was going to say. It looks just like uh, like uh, Carlin. Apparently, they pl- they drew the designs based off of the creators of Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Um. Now I, I don't know. I've never actually seen the creators of Ben and Jerry's. No, I've just seen their ice creams. Many many of their ice creams. Stunned league officials say point shaving may have occurred in as many as three Harlem Globetrotters games. And in business news, Groovy Grove Juice Corporation has announced it will miss delivery on its third quarter shipment. A spokesman attributed the production shutdown to a half-witted oaf. Oh, we're sweet of those guys to blame an oaf. But really, it was my fault. I just don't have the discipline to be a hippie. Ooh, does this mean you're going to start showering again? Perhaps, in time. Aw, cheer up, Dad. You make a great hippie. Aw, you're just saying that. No, really, you're lazy and self-righteous, and the soles of your feet are jet black. Well, I do walk through pretty much anything. Oh, you kids are sweet. I know you feel bad about the juice incident, but I'm sure you can make up for it somehow. That's it! Somehow! Sleep, gentle hippie. Sleep. Let old Homer J set things right. So he's getting all the uh, all the carrots. There's not much into the, into this juices. It's just basically just carrots. Just, <laughs> just yeah. Which makes just, you wonder how it became green. Yeah, I, I was confused. Maybe they put the leaves in as well. Who knows? Yeah, but even then, I feel like the red of the carrot is gonna over the red that. of the carrot. The orange of the carrot. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and Homer 
fixes everything. Like, but I'm watching this going, if this was... Uh, obviously, you find out why this wouldn't fix it later on when they reveal that he used their secret personal stash. But I'm thinking, well, if this is all it took, why weren't these guys just doing it? There's two of them and one of him. Yeah, that's true. And then, obviously, you get the reveal. Yes, that it was their uh, private stash, which <laughs> I like the the from the one with the camouflage netting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, so, basically, uh, then we get the montage of everyone drinking it because everyone in Springfield apparently now drinks vegetable juice. <laughs> uh, yeah, <clears throat> from the, the same brand. Um, but, I mean, if they were one of the biggest suppliers, then, you know, people must have been drinking it somewhere. The, uh, the the visual of Willie scratching his face with a rake always haunted me. It's just vicious. It's pretty rough. Like, that's yeah. sort of like those horror stories you hear about people taking acid and, you know, someone took acid and tried to climb or tried to dig under the white line on a highway or something. And Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, Barney's um, hallucination is fantastic. And then kind of like uh, Beavis and Butthead, we get Jasper and Grandpa. Yeah, that's a pretty good little parody. Yeah. And Lou, he's on it as well. And Wiggum doesn't know what's going on. Oh, Lou's line is amazing. The electric yellow or something? The electric yellow has got me by the brain banana. <laughs> I see. <laughs> My God, it's nothing but carrots and peyote. Damn long here's never learned, Chief. It's time for an old-fashioned hippie ass whomping. You get there and the guy's just... <laughs> I love this. Actually, you know what? This might have been my favorite moment. Where they're just like... Uh, this man does not represent us. Glenn, <laughs> <laughs> Car- Carlin's delivery of that is like the that's the show stealer. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. It's just so he just plays it so flat. Yeah, and this panicked. man does not represent us. <laughs> yeah, and panicked, like you said. Yeah, it's like I I need to somehow get out of the situation. Please do not shoot. <laughs> uh, they set the nightstick to womp, and it was funny here. Wickham happened to fix the nightstick for him, stuck on twirl. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Homer puts the uh, the flowers and the guns. Wiggum tries to kill Homer, and he gets the the lily. Was it lily? Or what was it? Uh, Gladio- gladiola, gladiola, gladiola. Uh, stuck in his forehead. Um, Wait, is it a gladiola, or does does? Um, oh no! If it had been a gladiola, he'd be if dead. If it had been, yeah, if that had been a gladiola, you'd just be dead. Da- maybe it's just a daisy or whatever. Who knows? Um, I'm pretty sure it's a daffodil. A daffodil. Okay, but it's it's jammed in his forehead. <laughs> And then we just get the ending with uh, what was it? Hibbert uh, saying, "What am I, a gardener?" And yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty flat. I'm a doctor, not a gardener. What yeah, did I say yeah. A pretty flat out of the. It's just out of nowhere ending. Like it just like, like it literally like the last act and a half has no direction. It's just stuff happening. Mm. Like it, it doesn't even really have an ending. It's like Homer gets shot in the head, and that's it. Yeah, that's true. Like there's no. There's no conclusion to the story. There's no, no him apologizing to the hippies. Like you don't know yeah. what happened there. It's just, yeah. But anyway, uh, all in all, I didn't hate the episode. I just thought it was a bit a bit of a nothing episode, really. Like, it's not one I'm going to go back to anytime soon. But yeah. I'm sure there's people out there that really enjoy it. Yeah, well, like, it, does, it doesn't have a shortage of comedy moments. It just doesn't have anything more going on than, like I said, it's basically... A, it's two or three different stories that lead up to 10 minutes worth of sketch comedy. The only thing is it's known for being the episode that you find out Homer's middle name, but that's not really much of the episode at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, that was kind of what I had remembered the most and expected to hear about the most going in, and it was the least relevant aspect yeah. of the story. What do we learn, Palmer? 
So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Homer's middle name. <laughs> I learned the 60s ended December 31st, 1969. Ah, uh, yeah, true. That, um, that cleared up some valuable history for me. It certainly did. Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. What have we got? Ah, uh, what have we got? Christopher Davies. Hi, Mitch and Dando. I'll start by saying that I love the podcast and I've been listening since season two, but I'm finally going to complain about something. You know, annoyingly, Chris has actually put the subject question in this and then not asked a question. The levels. The levels, guys. Dando's voice is comparable to other podcasts I listen to while in the car. Then Mitch whispers something funny into his mic, so I turn the volume way up, only to have my eardrums blown by what was a reasonable volume before. So you're too quiet. Oh, apparently. Either that or I just modulate occasionally. Some of my jokes. I think I'm very... I get my radio voice on. I think that's what happens. You definitely do. And you just I don't, talk, yeah. I don't have a radio voice. <laughs> and, yeah. You need to get uh, one. No. Because then like I feel I see, like... Wait, when you try to do your radio voice, it doesn't suit you? No, exactly right. I think like it's it kind of ruins it if I try to do anything other than just my yeah. normal voice. Because you can tell you're trying to put on this, you know, wacky inflatable, you know... What's that, what's that fucking wacky inflatable guy? <laughs> wacky, inf- wacky inflatable arm guy. Arm guy, that's it, yeah. Like, um, you, you can just tell that, yeah. okay, Mitch is trying to do something here. <laughs> I think... I mean, if I desperately needed to, n- today's not, probably not the day for it because I'm all nasally as shit, but good evening, Dando. It's a pleasure to be here. Like, if, if I was doing actual radio for on a certain station, that's kind of how I would go, but it's not going to happen. Some jokes need to be whispered, so just deal with it, mate, and listen in headphones. I reckon, I reckon if, if you were interested, I could get us a gig on K-Rock. Would you be interested, though? You've been saying that for years. Would you be interested? Yeah, I would be. Of course I would be. I reckon I can make it happen. Try some sketches. Say something about the establishment. <laughs> Freak them out. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, cosmic fool is here. <laughs> uh, what, was, there, was there a question there or just saying that our, our quality is not good? No, he was just <laughs> complaining that I, I'm too quiet sometimes. Okay. Uh, but that's actually the only email that came into the mailbag this week. So it was all For I had to read The entire week? Yep. Man, people just don't care about us anymore. No, Guys, you've got to write in mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Please send any questions because this mailbag segment's just fallen off a cliff. No, no, people aren't caring. And the, the quality of the mailbag segment's showing that. Yeah. But, good. But we're making up for it with the Patreon mailbag, which I think yes, is excellent. Our, maybe it was the patrons that were always writing into the emails. Now they're, they're contributing to the Patreon mailbag. Maybe that's uh, what it possibly. is. Possibly. I don't know. I think it's just that there's only so many questions you can be asked, and we've been doing this for five years. So. Might just be time to drop the mailbag. Yeah, possibly. We'll see what happens. Mailbag at fourfigurediscount.com.au. Let's see how many of you guys out there who haven't sent in a question, or if you have, send in another one. Send one in this week. We want a big, flowing mailbag next week. All right. So, Mitch, next week we're going to be reviewing, I believe it's Make Room for Lisa. No, it's Lisa gets an A. That's the game over, mate. It's where Lisa pretends to be sick so she can stay home and play our video games. Ah, Dash Dingo. Okay. But for now, don't forget, guys, uh, mailbag4fickerdiscount.com.au. Send in your questions. If you haven't yet reviewed us on iTunes, please do so. I know you can only do it through Apple Podcasts, but yeah, if you, if you are listening through Apple, please do it. Uh, the more reviews we get, the better we boost up the rankings on, on iTunes and give us a five-star review. If you want to support the show and get a bunch of exclusive stuff in return, plenty of podcasts and whatnot, you go to patreon.com slash discount. But Mitch, any final words for the listeners? May your spirit soar as high as your frisbees. Shh.